everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence medical experts for insight and information. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from you, our listeners, via social media. We can be found on Twitter at Providence and on Facebook under Providence Health System. Use the hashtag Talk with a Doc, that's hashtag Talk with a Doc, for a chance to hear your questions in our episode. Here with me today is Dr. J.C. Zagara, a chiropractic physician with Providence in Newport Beach in Irvine, California. And we are answering your questions about lifestyle medicine and what that means for your overall health. So let's get started by welcoming Dr. Zagara to the show today. JC, tell us a little bit about yourself, your role with Providence, and how you got started in this space. Yeah, my name is JC Zagara. I've been with the organization since 2017, uh, working under the wellness department with uh, St. Joseph at the beginning and now with Express Care and uh, the employer side. I got into lifestyle. I've always been interested in lifestyle. I've been a big athlete, and nutrition has always played an important role. In, in, in my in my upbringing um so but it didn't really i started my typical chiropractic practice just dealing with like you know adjusting people and doing some exercises rehab but i quickly found out how nutrition and lifestyle were kind of taking patients to the next level or or more importantly patients that you know i would see and they would get better but not fully completely better or people that when you treat it they're like man nothing looks wrong with you i don't know why you still have pain and then you'd made some lifestyle modifications including nutrition and all of a sudden their pains would go away so so that's kind of how i started digging into functional medicine and research and and, and just into the lifestyle space because it, it was very complementary to what i was doing already I think, you know, the big question of the day is going to be, what is lifestyle medicine? Because I think it means different things to different people. So tell us, tell us from your view what it means. And, and it's a hard question to answer, right? Because there's no, this perfect definition of what lifestyle is. But uh, I mean, lifestyle is what you do every single day of your, of your life. So like, I always say, um, every choice you make literally matters in in well since we're talking about healthcare we'll talk about healthcare but so like let's say my goal is to be this super athlete so literally every decision i make throughout my day it's either gonna take me to that or take me away from that so everything from how you sleep from are you getting outside how much time you spend sitting down are you getting in the sun are you meditating are you sleeping enough to everything that you put in your body right as far as food or supplements or um, everything. <laughs> Again, every decision matters. So so that's how I define lifestyle medicine is like, what interventions can we do in your day-to-day life that will have an impact on your health and your health care? Well, and I know for some people, you, you do chiropractic, you guys, your, your care team does acupuncture, I think. You guys do a few different things that kind of fall under that lifestyle umbrella. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so the multidisciplinary approach is, is beautiful because we have naturopathic medicine, we have a, an, an acupuncturist, an oriental medicine specialist. So you can go as lifestyle, as simple advice in terms of diet and nutrition, but you can go oriental medicine and do, you know, we're talking about herbs and we're talking about the balancing the yin and the yang and that kind of stuff, even though I'm not super familiar with it. But, uh, but, and then you have naturopathic medicine, which is all about 
healing the body with a natural approach, right? And again, this is not meant to take away your medications and take away your medical doctor. I think it's complementary. Um, I think if eventually we end up taking away medicines or, or not having to visit us or your medical doctor as much, I think that's just a consequence, not a goal of us as providers. It's a consequence is that we got you off of your diabetic medication or we got you off of your hypertensive medication. That's not, that's just a consequence of lifestyle medicine. It might be a consequence from a clinical perspective, but I think from a patient perspective, it's definitely a goal. I know my dad really wanted to get off a lot of his medications. And so we did work on chiropractic and acupuncture, and he did even cupping and a few different things to, to really try mm -hmm. to wean him from some of those, because unfortunately he's an amputee who has diabetes, who has cancer. And when you start looking at, you know, 15 medications in a day, what can you wean out? So I do think a lot of people kind of look at this as an alternative to how do I get to a a cleaner lifestyle maybe? Do, do you get a lot of people who are trying to kind of detox every part of their life? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And there's, you know, that, that could be mental detox, physical detox and uh, chemical detox. Uh, you know, we live in a toxic world really, right? With, you know, from the food we eat, it's not the same as it used to be from, you know, the cars around us, the, the, well, the smoke right now, <laughs> the air we're breathing. So. So yeah, for sure. But I think our bodies have a great detoxifying system, right? Our liver and our kidneys, like we just need to make sure those are working correctly, right? But because of poor lifestyle choices we've made throughout our life, then they're not as healthy, so they don't work as well. So, you know, hence we need to support them or get them back on track, so to speak. Well, I know that when we talk about lifestyle medicine, a lot of times we talk about being metabolically healthy, but what does that mean? And, and how do we become metabolically healthy? <laughs> so there's some metrics to be metabolically healthy. And there was a study that came out, I think it was late 2018, that said 88% of the population in the United States is not metabolically healthy, or at least, uh, or has at least one marker of, of uh, being metabolically unhealthy. And that's basically triglycerides are too high, uh, uh, waist circumference is too high, blood pressure, systolic or diastolic is too high. So there's different little mat matrix, uh, metrics that we look at. And yeah, 88% of the population doesn't hit all of them. <laughs> so that's concerning. And you know, that was one of the things I got really, really into the rabbit hole when this whole pandemic started because you had a little bit more time and whatnot. And, but but that study, it's like, that's really concerning, right? And then we look at chronic disease, right? With diabetes and heart disease and obesity and, and all these dementia, depression, all of these. And, and then you look at that number, well, if 88% of us are potentially unhealthy, and then all these other, all these chronic diseases, which are potentially preventable, or not potentially, they are preventable. Um, that like we gotta do something about it, right? So, so that's what metabolically unhealthy means. Well, you you mentioned kind of going down the rabbit hole during the pandemic, but let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the pandemic because you know we're seeing our lifestyle is changing so dramatically from lack of working out and fitness to eating to you know anxiety and depression. Talk to me a little bit about 
about how lifestyle medicine can can help us through this time. Yeah, so I think I think you you either took one of two approaches at the beginning of the pandemic, and 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 unfortunately, there's a lot of like mixed information out there, so it's hard to make the the appropriate decision. But like for me personally, I was like the coronavirus is going to hit elderly the most and it's going to hit people with comorbidities the most so it's like all right what are those and what can i do about it because if i do get this i want to make sure i don't have those or i'm at least healthy as i could be and whatever happens happens um, but at least i want to be able to do as much as i can so my decision and i literally sat down with my wife and i literally sat down with my kids and i'm like all right it was like early February, I think it was, and like we're gonna start doing this, 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 and this because this is happening, and we need to be as healthy as possible. And literally, I I went from 250 pounds to 185 pounds. My wife has lost like 15 pounds. My kids are like super healthy, and and I'm not saying um, everybody needs to do that or 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 whatnot, but but it is a choice that you have to try to get healthy. And then on the other side, people were like, well, I'm at home, I'm gonna start eating junk food, alcohol cells went up, right? Junk food cells went up, so all these things. So comfort food <laughs> uh, uh, ingestions started going up. So I think during this pandemic, if there's something you can do is, because there's information, right? We're in the, we live in the information world. There's social media, there's, Google, there's whatnot. Like, if you want to know what eating healthy is, the resources are out there, right? And and the gyms are closed, but you have a neighborhood, or you know, you can do air squats. You know, you can do uh, sit-ups. You can do. You can put a yoga DVD on on, on DVD. Who uses DVD anymore? <laughs> uh, but, we're gonna, we're gonna find it on Prime or Hulu uh, or something, right? Yeah. So, so, so there's the resources are there. I think do we have the mental capacity of saying, "All right, we need to be healthy. This is the time to be healthy, and if we exercise appropriately and and find help on what does it mean to eat healthy and try to adopt a lifestyle, then I think." you are going to see people getting metabolically healthier because it's been what, seven months, eight months. I mean, you, you know, Jesse, you I, don't, get, I, don't, I don't know how long it's been, but I know that I've gone through both of these spectrums you just talked about in the beginning. I was like, I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this. I like lost 10 pounds. And then I, I, the pendulum swung the other way and I was like, I've been home for four months. I'm just going <laughs> to eat all, eat all my feelings. Now I'm yeah. back to the other way. But uh, I do, I do, I do, yeah, yeah I, I have to give you credit though. I don't, a lot of people don't know this. I, I lost like 120 pounds. And right when I started my fitness journey, you and I met, this was like three years ago. Yeah. And you said exactly what you just said to me back then, which was, you know, it doesn't have to be a four mile run, Mary, you can go for half a mile walk. It doesn't have to be, you know, you, you said the same thing. You're like, you can just do squats in between meetings. And that was one of the things that got me started. And, and it was definitely a fitness journey for me and a food journey, but the fitness side, your words were very inspiring to me. And I think it's really important what you're saying to people is it, it can be baby steps in the beginning, but those steps matter, right? 
A hundred percent. That's very flattering that you say that. But yeah, I have, you know, I follow you on social media, so I've seen your journey and it's fun. Well, fun. you you helped me on that journey, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. We'll talk with the docs, gonna take a quick break and we will be right back. Vision, maybe I should go and fix me some Baraka. Cause I'm the real top draw, going top of top, top till I can't speak proper. So do me a favor, say it's over, so I can get busy getting sober. We used to get busy on my sofa, now I sit on my own like daydreaming and I'm thinking of you. Daydreaming just for something to do. You know I daydream until the late afternoon. Disappointing and anticlimactical You read my messages but didn't get back at all But that's the privilege of being beautiful Dip below the surface like the springtime daffodils And I've been sipping white lightning It's very, very frightening Nothing in my daydreams is ever exciting But what did I expect from you? Didn't anticipate what a beauty queen could do Daydreaming and I'm thinking of you Daydrinking just for something to do You know I daydream until the late afternoon Daydreaming and I'm thinking of you Daydrinking just for something to do You know I daydream until the late afternoon And all I ever see inside is you Thinking of you, day drinking just for something to do. You know I day dreaming till the late afternoon. And all I ever see inside is you. We're back on talk with the doc. Let's get back to our conversation. Well, let's let's talk though about the food side of that because you've mentioned nutrition a couple times, and and you know food does matter to us a great deal. But talk to me about what kind of food, I guess relationships with food should we have or should we look at like vegetarian diets what should we be looking at when it comes to food and our overall wellness in the nutrition world i think i think nutrition again we go back to every choice matters so when i think of food i think of food what i'm what i'm gonna eat right now it's either gonna take me towards the goal that i have or it's gonna take me away from a goal that i have so i see food as nourishing right i know food can be tasty and i know food can be all these rewarding and and, and it can be really pretty looking and all this but i it's not like i don't care about that but at the end of the day is it taking me to my goal or is it taking me away from my goal right so i see it as nourishing and having a, that mindset really helps me and my family kind of just deal with with the with the swings i should say from falling off and falling on right so so it is important to talk 
even though I don't agree with the term relationship with food, it is important to talk about it because um, the concept of falling off or having cheap meals here and there, I think it's really important that once you fall into a dietary regimen that you're following, or a lifestyle, I should say, because again, diet, it's not diet, it's a lifestyle. Um, when you do fall off one night because you want to cake and ice cream or you went to a birthday or whatever it is, I don't think you should see it as a cheat meal. I think you should intentionally know exactly what you're doing and just accept it and actually enjoy it. You know what? I'm going to enjoy this piece of cake. I'm going to enjoy the whatever it is, the beer, <laughs> if you're an adult, uh, or whatever it is. And just the next day, you're right back on. But don't think of it as a cheat cheat meal. It's kind of like a mindset thing because then you're like, oh, I can have another cheat meal next day or I can have another cheat meal here and there. Or, and then it's just never ending. So just, just be intentional about it. You know what? I have a birthday. I'm going to eat that cake. I'm going to eat a little bit of junk food. And I know what I'm doing. I know that doesn't take me towards my goal. It takes me away from it. But I know that tomorrow I'm back on it. So I think that's the part of having a relationship with food's important. And that's why I see it as like, again, is this step taking me this way or is it taking me away from my goals? Um, in terms of foods, <laughs> let's see. I think, I think there's, there's a spectrum, right? There's vegan, right? And then there's carnivore, right? Those are the two spectrums. And, and I think there's also, let me, let me, let me see how I can say this without being too controversial, but there's also a spectrum on nutrient density within foods, okay? So the most nutrient-dense foods in the planet are going to be towards the animal side, right? So if I grab whatever, like 100 grams of an animal protein versus 100 grams of kale, for that matter, there's going to be way more vitamins and minerals in the animal product than there is in per 100 grams of in the kale, right? So nutrient density is going to favor the meat side, right? And the most nutrient dense foods on the planet are organ meats. So like liver and <laughs> spleen and heart and all these uh, uh, foods. And then you're going to go through like your regular muscle meats, right? And then you're going to have fruits and then you're going to have roots. And then you're probably going to have your leaves and your stems kind of on the, on the, on the other spectrum. Um, but I think we live in a world where processed sugars and processed uh, oils and just processed foods in general dominate. So we're not eating real food either on this spectrum or this spectrum. We're eating something that's not species appropriate, if you want to put it in that context, right? Like, I don't see our ancestors eating, you know, protein bars and, and cereal for breakfast, right? They were eating mostly animal products actually and some fruits and vegetables depending on the seasons and and what was available at the time so can you you can also see it you can also see it in this way and it's not like i'm well obviously from this conversation you can tell that i'm not super pro veganism or vegetarianism <laughs> but uh but to put it into context, I can. There's no way I can design a vegan diet without having to supplement you. 
Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Diet. I can design a fully carnivore diet and not have to supplement you. So that tells me, right? So I, if I'm going to be in the middle, which most of us are, right? And I'm not, you know, a straight carnivore. <laughs> um, you know, we're all in the middle somewhere, but animal protein and animal fat has to be, in my opinion, part of what a healthy diet is. Now, this this podcast is not long enough, right? We need to get into the ethics. We need to get into the environment. We need to get into what is an appropriate animal protein and fat. It's a well-raised, sustainable, grass-fed, grass-finished, and I don't think we have enough time for that. But um, So that's... You know, that's why I don't promote veganism a lot. That doesn't mean, you know, if you're a vegan and you're thriving and you're having an awesome time and you're healthy, then go for it. I don't care. <laughs> right? Like, the, I, again, the goal is for us to thrive and, and, and the way we feel as humans, right? I'm not going to tell you eat one way or eat the other one. If you're feeling great, then keep doing what you're doing. Um, but it does, well, it does play a role yeah. in our health though, right? Like, I mean, the way we eat can actually, you know, change. Like I, I know diabetics, for instance, who have just lost 20 pounds by changing their, their eating habits and have gone off of medication. So it is kind of an important, yeah. important aspect, right? Of our overall wellness. A hundred percent. I mean, I think, I think lifestyle and diet specifically are our biggest uh, levers, right? So if we want to make the biggest impact on our health because something's wrong, and that could be GI issues, autoimmune issues, chronic disease, pain, joint, whatever it is, if I want to make an impact on my life, the biggest, the biggest, how can I get the biggest bang for my buck is going to be with my diet and nutrition, 100%. There's no doubt about that. So, so yeah, so then if I'm trying to make the biggest change, I want to be in the spectrum of having the most nutrient-dense food available, right? So that's where, you know, I kind of lean towards this side and not the, the vegan side. Um, Talk so, to me, though, a little bit, because you mentioned you mentioned supplements, right? Like if you go one spectrum, you may have to supplement. You know, supplements is a, a question we get from people all the time. Should I be on supplements? you know, is, are, are too many supplements detrimental to me? What's your, what's your take on the supplement game? Yeah. So it's not that I don't need to supplement you. It's just, I, I can design it where technically you're getting all your nutrients. Right. But, uh, uh, and I'm not against supplements at all. I think, uh, our soils are depleted. So, you know, the apple that you eat today, even the, 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 the protein that you're eating right there, it's today is not the same as that it used to be. Right. So, um, I'm not against supplements, but I do think supplements are meant to supplement, right? So if you're eating as close as you think you can get, but you're still lacking certain minerals or vitamins, then we're going to supplement you. Or supplements also help with, you know, I've had a lifelong bad diet, right? I'm, 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 I'm trying to, right, if you... I don't know, it could be anemias or it could be thyroid issues. It doesn't matter what it can be. Sometimes I do need to supplement you to kind of get you over the hump. And then once we get you where your levels, right, your micronutrient levels or whatever we're looking at, whatever uh, uh, marker we're looking at gets in the range that we want it to, then I can take you off and keep you on with the food only. So there's nothing wrong with uh, with supplements, you know. Uh, 
supplement industry is kind of crazy and it's not regulated like the drug industry. So the type of supplements that you're getting, the sourcing of your supplements is really important. Uh, so there's a lot of new ones in that, but uh, that you need to pay attention. But yeah, there's not, nothing wrong with supplements and I use them. Uh, I don't personally use them right now, even though there's some things that I need to tweak with my diet that I might uh, do some, some, uh, some gut healing supplements. But uh, again, but again, it's meant for a temporary, for me, it's meant for a temporary get me over the hump where I can get these markers that I'm looking at to a nice level and then I take them off. We did an entire segment on, on Talk with the Doc about supplements and it was amazing to me of like where they're sourced and, and how they're regulated or unregulated. It was it was amazing to me. But yeah. um, one thing I wanted to ask you, we got a few people asking the question is, you know, is there anything I should do lifestyle and nutrition wise as we get it uh, into cold and flu season? I think, you know, like, are there things that I can eat that naturally boost my immunity? Like that sort of thing. I think, yes, there's a few things that we can do. I think, I think, first of all, do not underestimate the power of sleep <laughs> and recovery. So sleeping, our bodies kind of reset when we sleep, our, homo our hormones reset. Um, so your sleeping habits are really important. You know, you want to make sure you're getting your seven to nine hours of sleep at least, or not at least, but somewhere in there. Um, it's important that, so you're, you're, what you do prior to going to bed, you know, am I eating too close to bedtime? Am I on my cell phone right before going to bed? You know, there's, I think there was something that came out the other day that the last thing we look at and the first thing we look at is our cell phones. Like before bed, it's not your wife, it's not your kids, it's, not, it's literally your cell phone. So, you know, the, 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 the blue light, the artificial lights, the temperature in your room, make sure your sleeping habits are on point because that's a big, big, big uh, um, health immunity boosting, I should say, uh, tip that we should all have down. Uh, two is get outside, try to get some sun, try to get some vitamin D levels up, you know, and, and you can supplement, but it's not the same, right? So, or if you live in like super, <laughs> Um, in the, yeah, I don't know, in the Northeast or in, in Europe or something where you don't get as much sun, then perfectly, that's fine. You can take the supplement. But if you can get outside, get some fresh air. I think that's that's another, I think especially with COVID, some, there's some studies that have um, been showing up on, on, on vitamin D and immunity and, 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 and COVID. So vitamin D and getting outside is really important. Um, let's see, what else? Um, it's to me one of the most important diet wise so let's go diet wise one of the most important things that we can do is to remove vegetable oils okay so that would be canola oils sunflower oil safflower oil cottonseed oil grapeseed oil soybean oil I'm missing a couple uh, um I use avocado oil. Is that bad? No, that's good. <laughs> oh, okay, good. So because we eat so processed these days, most processed foods use some of these oils, and these oils are super unstable. And basically, 
our diets should literally be about 5% of these oils or maybe they're called polyunsaturated fatty acids, right? So the, our diets should only be like 5% of that, okay? And, and that's naturally occurring in foods, right? So, you know, animal, animal proteins, animal fats have about, depending on what kind of animal, they're in that range, right? Some of the plants that have uh, some of these oils, they're in that range as well if they're naturally occurring. But because of all of our processed foods, they lace them with, you know, soybean oil, canola oil, corn oil, all this, all these oils. And it has our, our fat intake in the US or in the world, I should say, 80% of it comes from these seed oils, which are highly unstable and not good for you. So, I mean, we can get into this, but uh, again, I don't think we have enough time, but uh, I think that's that's the biggest so let's say in my house that is a non-negotiable like and it's funny because you go to the grocery store with my kids and they read all the labels and they're like no dad it just has this and it's tough because literally everything that comes in a bag or processed has these oils so you know does that mean we don't have chips in my house and we don't have this no but we have them with avocado oil or coconut oil or olive oil um so again, which oils should you stick with? Avocado oil is good, olive oil is good, coconut oil is good. Um, I'm a proponent of animal fats as well, so I'm okay. If you can tolerate butter, it's fine to cook with. Um, again, we, need, we should get into the, the, the sourcing and, uh, and make sure it's real butter, not fake butter. Um, but even, you know, even cooking with, uh, with some of the render fat that comes out when you put some of your animal products, uh, it's, it's fine. But the, um, I can, I can speak to the processed food thing because during the pandemic, I really wanted to avoid the grocery store. And so I basically have been eating out of my garden and, and my farm almost yeah. 95%. And I've never felt better. Mm -hmm. My skin has never been better. My hair has never grown as strong. I mean, even my fingernails. Are healthier because I don't eat basically any processed foods, and if I do, uh, I usually feel really crappy the next day. Yeah, it's beautiful, and and the tough thing is going out to eat because you know. Oh, yes. Yeah, going out to eat is tough because even if you ask for chicken breast, or even if you ask for a steak, or even if you ask even vegetables or whatever it is, they usually throw some oil in the pan or throw on the griddle. And what are they using? More than likely canola or rice bran or something so it's tough so when we go out to eat which is not very often i should say my wife's kind of frustrated but because really in the seven months of this pandemic or eight months however long it's been i think we've had two meals or three and uh and we literally when we go out we tell them we're, we're allergic to vegetable oils and, this and, this. <laughs> and and it's tough but i think it's doable but again in our family that's a non-negotiable because I know that's not going to take me towards our goal. It's taking me away from my goal. And to me, that's one of the biggest impacts um, is vegetable oils. And then processed sugar is and whatnot. Oh, processed sugar. You know, we just love it so much. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, we're almost out of time. So I'm going yeah, yeah. to give no, you a quick chance give us kind of like your your one takeaway for listeners today what's the one thing you want them to know when it comes to lifestyle medicine oh you know i think ah uh, what can we talk about really fast i think 
I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to leave you without talking about mental health and how how our food really impacts our mental health. Uh, you know, our brains are made of these beautiful fats, and again, if we're eating poorly, if we're not sleeping correctly, uh, if we're not getting outside and getting vitamin D. Um, meditation you know i would you know five ten fifteen minutes a day it does a huge plays a huge role in, in, in our mental health uh it's try to find a community even if it has to be online but of like-minded people and 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 but our, our social interactions are really important i think and, and for our mental health and just don't you know, let's say you, you, you listen to this and you're like, well, I'm not overweight, I'm not obese, I don't have any pain, well, are you happy? Are you, how are your relationships? Like, like make sure you're well around, well-rounded in, in your health and it's not just physically. So, yeah. That's wonderful advice. I actually tell people, you know, I lost a hundred plus pounds, but did that make me happy? Nope, it wasn't that. That wasn't the issue for me, it was other things. So I still had to work there, on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Magic. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dr. Zagar, for joining us today on Talk with the Doc and everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence. So, JC, thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for having us.